Welcome to Let's Talk KBG. I'm Marla Slavin, and I am here with Annette Mon, and we are going to discuss health advocacy. So I'm going to start, and I'm going to tell you, look it up. You've got your diagnosis. Look it up. Go home, take it out on the internet. Look to see what is entailed in that diagnosis that you just received. So let's use KBG as the perfect example of what you did when you found out that you have the diagnosis in your family about KBG. What did you do? I know what I did. I went home and I looked up every single thing on the internet. I could tell you things that are so now not important because there just wasn't enough out there to make it that important. But there's so much out there now. It's a huge umbrella of different diagnoses that make up KBG, but you're going to be so much smarter in so many ways once you understand what KBG is. So you can take that every time you go to the doctor and they tell you something. If you don't understand what they're saying, you know what? Even if you do understand what they're saying, go home, look it up on the internet. We have the ability to learn on our own and not have to rely on the doctor for all of our information. And you can read about it. And then in your next visit, you can ask them about it. Or, you know, they all have apps now. You can always send them a message and ask your questions. So that's my number one thing when I get a diagnosis for anybody. It doesn't have to be just for our KBG diagnosed loved one. Anybody, go home and look up that diagnosis. Along those lines, I was asked a couple of years ago to write a, uh, an article on whether or not Google should be used to research your diagnosis or your potential diagnosis. And it was kind of surprising what I found out in doing my research. It was pretty exhaustive. And I never actually released it for publication because I really didn't want to deal with the pushback. <laughs> but what I found was that the majority of people that don't like when patients bring in um, their own research isn't the doctor, it's the staff. Really? Isn't that fascinating? <laughs> Is there a reason why? It didn't detail why, but a majority of doctors said that they appreciated a patient that actually brought them things in because they knew that they had been doing their own research and they knew that they could have a little bit more of an in-depth talk or they could at least pinpoint what was important to the patient because they're going to bring in and talk about what's important to them to understand, right? So... Yeah, it was it was very eye opening because I had always heard that you know people are like Doctor Google, ha ha ha. But when you're rare, that's not a laughing matter. Your best information pool is the people that have lived through it, and that's number two on our list. That was a good segue, right? Awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Number two on our list is to seek out others who have been through the same or very similar things. 
in KBG syndrome, because it's a spectrum and because we have so many different um, systems that are affected, we have a patient population that isn't just a member of one group, they're a member of many groups. That's actually very necessary because there's no comprehensive treatment just yet for KBG syndrome. So patients need to treat symptoms as they arise. So go to hearing loss group or maybe an autism group or an immunology group or, you know, an epilepsy group that, which is how we started, right? We started with epilepsy and then we ended up with KBG syndrome. So having other people that you could talk to was a lifesaver because you're now validated in all of your emotions that you had been feeling. You're validated in your, your neuroses that took you into the doctor multiple times in a year because your child was not doing this or was doing that. So always, always, always find a support group. It will change your life. Well, I think that's why we have our Facebook group so that nobody was alone and that you found somebody who has and is going through something that they've, you are going through something that somebody already has and they can offer you that support. It doesn't, it's not just about supporting you with KBG either. It's also supporting you with all the other diagnoses through our group. But it is so important, like Annette said, to reach out to those other groups because you're going to get much more specific help and support for each individual item. So number three is writing down your questions. You've done the research. You've listened to what the doctor has said. Write down your questions as you are learning more and more about whatever that diagnosis is. And you know what? Even if you don't have the diagnoses, write down your questions as to why do you think blank, 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 and kind of pick their brain and also think about like what your gut instinct is telling you that you should be asking about because we sometimes overlook what we might be thinking when we might be thinking what we might be thinking is actually the answer. So write down those questions because what will happen is you'll walk in the doctor's office, you'll sit down and you'll know all the questions while you're in the waiting room. And as soon as you walk through those doors, you end up with white coat syndrome and you can't remember one question. It's not going to help you. Just pull out that piece of paper and say, oh, I have my list of questions ready. They'll shake their head and then they'll listen and then they'll answer but you will have the answers to the questions that you want to know. So, exactly. Sorry, Marla, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I, I think that is, is key when you go to these new doctors. Oh, absolutely. I can't tell you how many times I thought, I've got this. I know what questions I'm going to ask. Glenn and I sit out in the car. We, we, we pump each other up. We're going to ask this question. I'm going to ask this question. He's going to, we like tag team and everything. We plan our doctor's visit in the car, right? And then we get in there and it's a totally different thing. You got white coat syndrome. Yeah, well, it's not even that because white coats don't intimidate me. <laughs> they just make you forget. They just, what, what they do is the doctor will start saying something and that will lead me into that rabbit hole. 
and then I'll forget about what I really wanted to discuss because we're, we're discussing something that the doctor was concerned about. Um, so to me, it was that that's that communication and then I forget it. So I, I would print out research papers and circle things that I thought fit bug. And then, um, one of his diagnoses, I printed out um, the underlying factor for this diagnosis and took it to his pediatrician. And his pediatrician took it from me, went, give me a second, read the entire thing while we sat in the doctor's office, and then said, I think this is what he's got. I think this is one of it. I, I think this wow. is it. And I was like, how cool was that? Yeah, right. So he called um, the lead author on that paper and we got the test and the test confirmed the diagnosis and it changed the treatment because I did the research. I reached out to the groups that had been living with the diagnosis that he had and found that the why does he have this? actually could be answered and we found the answer for it isn't that crazy yep so i did all three of those top three things <laughs> and it literally took him out of one of the sickest parts of his life incredible it was amazing awesome information yep okay oh it's my turn for number four okay so um so the next thing that we suggest is know your insurance coverage. I know it sounds intimidating. A lot of people just kind of lock up as soon as they think about speaking to an insurance company, but you don't really need to speak to the company. Usually you can find what you need on the website because you get into a doctor, that doctor refers you to a specialist. You need to know whether or not you can go to that specialist. The doctor's not going to know the insurance information. That's what they have the staff for. That's on you. And that sounds like a lot of pressure, I know, but just at least know the network of providers that you can be in. There's nothing wrong with going and getting a second opinion. Sometimes you're like, yep, that's it. I know it. I don't have a problem with it. I've done the research. Now we have the diagnosis. No question about it. Even then, it's sometimes good to get that second opinion. Because maybe it's not the second opinion on the diagnosis. Maybe it's a second opinion on the treatment for that same diagnosis. So it is important to make sure that you really understand what all the options are, even for the treatments, because not every treatment works on everybody. If it did, they'd only have one treatment. So it is important to know. Sometimes it's as simple as it's an oral antibiotic, or do we want drops for the ear infection? You, you have that choice, and that knowledge to know that this might work, this might not work. Or, okay, if this doesn't work, then we can try this. So it's really just a matter of a second opinion and clicking with somebody that you like. Maybe you like your second opinion doctor better than you like your first opinion doctor. And that's okay to switch. As long as they're not in the same group, they normally don't care. That group thing, though, they don't like. But go for that second opinion. Yeah, I mean, you're you're absolutely spot on. I really can't add that much to that at all. Because, I mean, sometimes you just, there is a personality conflict, too. 
I've had that one time, one times, which is great. So I would kind of expect to have a personality conflict a few more times than that, but one time. And um, when we got the second opinion, it was great for everybody. And and I'm gonna I am gonna add something. So the you know the um, the doctor evaluations that you can find online. Yes. Okay. Don't always believe those. <laughs> Um, for instance, the husband had a specialist that he needed to go see for a little while. And we chose one that was local to us. And I actually looked at the, the doctor's education more than, than anything. And the reviews were not good. People were complaining about his bedside manner. They were complaining about, you know, all sorts of things. But what is important to you in a doctor is not what's important to me in a doctor, probably. Right. For some people, they need the handholding. They need the comforting. And for other people, they just need to know the details. And then they'll make those decisions with the doctor. So he gets into this doctor and it's nothing like the online review said. They clicked like that. I thought they were going to go golfing later. They got along so well. So don't always believe what you read in the reviews. Because especially with doctors, it's, you're talking about the most personal thing you have, your health or the health of your loved one. You've got to make sure that you get along and you, you mesh with this new partner in helping you live a better life. All right. So here's, here's a simple one. Um, well, actually, it sounds like it should be simple, but it's not always simple. <laughs> get your medical records. If you're seeing a doctor a lot and you're going to move from doctor to doctor um, just because they're you know, moving you from one doctor to another, um, you're going to want your medical records more than once a year. But most people, if you go to a doctor once a year, you can probably get your medical records once a year or every couple of years. Um, with Bug, I used to get his medical records every three months or after a stay that was longer than a week. It's kind of a silly threshold, I know, but that was, that was my determining factor. Um, because you want to get them as soon as possible, though. If you've got a lot of medical records, you do want to get them as soon as possible because you can go through them and make corrections if it needs to be corrected. And you can only catch that if it's still fresh in your brain. So get your medical records. And I know Marla has something to say about this. I know she does. <laughs> it, it, it's rough. It is definitely rough. When you have the wrong records or not even it's the wrong records. If you have information that's missing, you don't know until it's too late. So it is really important that the information is spot on and that they're not keeping anything from you. When you ask for those records, everything should be in there. So you don't need to read the records a few years later and be like, shoot, I didn't know that was the case. They just chose not to tell you. I don't ever want to experience that again. Um, it happened to us, and it lost us years of services for Jordan. And that's just not, that was a hard lesson. Yep, definitely, it, it is important to read those 
doctor's notes. Happened to us too. It does happen. Happens a lot more than you would think. Yeah. So next on it, and we seem to do a lot of it, especially when we're doing some of these and just on our day-to-day talks, is remember to laugh well and laugh long. It's important to smile. It's important to laugh. And do you know why that laughter is the best medicine? I don't know why, Marla. Do tell me. Nope, you're going to tell me. (laughs) Okay, I'm going to give you a whole slew of reasons why laughter is important. So between Annette and I, you will be laughing, hopefully, by the end of this. And you're being like, yeah, because I got time for that. So when we laugh, our stress hormone levels decrease. Sometimes I think I laugh so much I should have no stress, but that is not the case. But it does help them decrease and then things don't seem so bad. Our heart, lungs, and muscles are all stimulated. I don't even know if you feel that, but it's all there working. What do you got? So what I have is when you laugh, there is increased activity in parts of the brain's reward system. Okay. So what does that mean? <laughs> you should ask. It's like ice cream or chocolate for women, right? Oh, there is go. there is, that's all I have to say. Most of the women out there will be like, going, oh yeah, I know. I got that. Got it. So endorphins are also released and they're the body's natural pain blockers. So yes, now we all knew that, right? Didn't we all know that? We did all know that. Okay. But did we know that our immune systems grow stronger? That I did not know. That's a new one to me. That I did not know. Get rid of your allergies by, you know, watching Benny Hill or well we all know that when we laugh our mood does improve and our anxiety does decrease so that is important it's been a rough couple of years and having this diagnosis and working through it definitely laughter is awesome to have for no other reason that our mood improves and our anxiety will decrease yes and you know what else? We have better. Did you say we have better interactions? No, but that's actually where that just kind of <laughs> ended up there, didn't it? Yeah, we have better interactions with others when when we laugh more, you and that makes or something exactly. And you bond over something that's providing a reward, huh? Like, can I tie that together? That's good, right? Yes, you get a reward. Yeah, you do. You get that 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 in, in your brain, you're you're feeling no pain, you're feeling good, and you get that chocolate rush. Right. I think it's a sugar rush. It's really just a chocolate rush. It's just chocolate. <laughs> um, I do think all of that is important. This is why we finish this off with laughter. So to wrap things up with Let's Talk KBG, I'm real quick going to go over the list of stuff that we went through to begin with. So look it up. Research that diagnosis. Seek out others who have been through similar things. Write down your questions. Know your coverage. Again, remember, insurance coverage is important. Don't be afraid to get that second opinion. 
ask your questions if you don't understand something that the doctor is telling you. Be sure and get those medical records and have that opportunity to go through them. Remember, laugh well and laugh long. Your turn. My turn. Yes, whatever you just said was awesome. Oh, what I said was, um, remember that laughter is the best medicine. And they say that because when you can laugh at something, you can live with it. And when you can live with it, you found peace with it. So laughter will help you find the peace in your life. I promise. We look forward to seeing you soon. Bye. 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 